Hey yo, all aboard and welcome, it's about to be on Grab a couple of cones, cause we about to be gone To the Caribbean, seven days and eight nights Got the crew coming heavy, but we all packing light Yeah, we always be booked, we got our drinks in the sky From New York City to the USBI Is that a full margarita, man? Finish it up Cause we about to run the beer like Forrest Gump Finding pockets on the Lido, she ain't gotta be a 10 Cause we did the things, and we'll do them again Tonight's the white party, but we blacking it out Cause we got the drink pack and we're maxing it out Everybody come on I said sound that horn Cause we gotta get away To where the boat leaves from All aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruise Cast Show coming to you not quite live from the K Compound down in Boca Raton, Florida. There is so much to get into today. I don't even know where to start. Uh, I would like to just jump in because as I'm actually lining up to do this podcast, some new news is coming in. I have not had the uh, opportunity to quote unquote unpack it all yet, but I'm hearing some rumblings. You know what I mean? There's a lot of positivity going around today, and that is good news, and that is what we all want to hear and what we're all excited about. I think um, we'll get into that in a minute. First, I wanted to remind you guys that we do have a Facebook group. It is probably the area where this community has become the most interactive. It is the Always Be Booked Cruisers Ultra Lounge on Facebook. I would be remiss if I didn't remind you guys or tell you guys to the new listeners that this is an acquired taste. I hope you guys come in. Take your shoes off, get comfortable. You may not love everything you hear right away, but I promise you from the feedback that I've got, we are an acquired taste and you will your affection towards the Always Be Booked Cruise podcast will grow as the days, weeks, months, years go on. So hopefully you give us a shot. You know what I mean? It's one show. Try that show. Look into the back catalog. There's tons of stuff on there. Give us a shot. We also have an Instagram page, Always Be Booked on Instagram. Uh, I try to make this show about you guys a lot. And that means I read your emails. And I would love to get as many emails as possible so I can read all of them on air. And all you have to do, if you have any questions about cruising, whether it's a comment, it's something you heard on this show that you'd like to take issue with, an idea that you want to give out, a suggestion, uh, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. And you guys know I have been spending a lot of time telling you guys how appreciative I am of the super cones. What's a super cone, Tommy? Well, what that is is someone who, uh, I guess, participates in our Patreon. It's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash alwaysbebooked. Now, what we do is we give you another show a day. It's a daily show. It could be between 20 minutes. It could be an hour. It's a lot about cruising, but it's a lot about now the times that we're dealing with. We do like a pretty much a daily corona update just kind of digest the news together and make some reactions based on what we've seen and uh what we also do is just i guess uh talk about cruising but then talk about anything else under the sun it's more for you guys who just want that daily companion like i look to for a lot of the shows that i listen to with a lot of the content that i consume uh that's what we do there it is five dollars per month now uh you go to patreon.com P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash always be booked. And uh, yeah, it's a great way to support this show and anything we do here, as well as, you know, like I said, it's five bucks a month. It is a crazy time for all of us. I am definitely on the uh, same end of that. Uh, My full-time job is not in the mix too. So again, 
for, with 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 fear of sa- sounding like a Sally Struthers commercial, I let's just say I do appreciate it, and I also want to give an extra appreciation, a really really huge over the top thank you to those of you who have been contributing more than the minimum five dollars a month. Some people have just voluntary voluntarily. Uh, contributed more than that so i appreciate you guys so much so yeah here we go so the first thing i'm seeing here is um that governor cuomo and let's talk about new york for a second because new york has been the epicenter of this and the reason we're talking covid19 or coronavirus at all is because honestly it's what what's going on right now it has direct effect on the cruise industry and uh in this regard it is absolutely direct and you guys all know about the cdc and the task force the uh regulations that they put together very very recently on some of the restrictions and everybody freaked out over that 100 days quote so everybody was kind of like going nuts about that and from the start when it was announced it was twisted and turned by some media outlets some bloggers they you know let's face it you know people want clicks people want attention and if you say scandalous things if you say preposterous things things that are gonna kind of i guess uh, 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 salacious things people whether it's good news or bad news they're gonna click on it you know what i mean let's not make any mistake about it uh the news loves this. The news is having a field day. There's multiple documented av- avenues that where the news media and guys, trust me, I'm not going conspiracy on you here. I believe in this epidemic. I am listening to the government. I am doing my due diligence because I do not think this is a hoax like many people do. But let's also uh, talk apples to apples. The news media absolutely does love every minute of this because they are making so much money. Uh, They are pumping up their advertising rates. They know a lot of eyes. Anytime something like this happens, good or bad, usually bad, they jump in the mix. They know their eyes, a lot of eyes are going to be on them. So they elevate their advertising rates and people are paying it and uh, they're laughing and smiling all the way to the bank. So let's just talk about that. So that's why you're seeing all the, oh my gosh, you nobody's cruising for a hundred days. That may be true, but that also just as likely may not be true. So we'll talk about a lot of um, a lot of that stuff, all the doom and gloom. Uh, so this is what I'm worried about. Um Everybody's saying that we're going to get back. You know, you heard Cuomo say the worst is behind us today. And again, I only say Cuomo. I'm in Florida. I'm from New York, but I'm, I'm, I'm talking about New York because this is the hot zone. Now, there's two things that come from this. You know, is New York going to be the gauge for us? Because there's at least double the amount of cases and deaths that are going on on a daily basis in New, is in New York as there are all the other states combined, give or take. But, um, You know, should we be watching New York and feeling comfortable when we see the New York numbers go down? Or should we be a little uh, still on edge because of the fact that New York was just the pioneer? They were the ones who took this on first, and then everything else will kind of uh, start spreading outward from there. You know what I mean? Should we use New York as a gauge? Because a lot of the numbers in all the other states are just not a big enough sample size to be able to use as a gauge. Uh, Or should we kind of take them as like, you know what, they're just the beginning. So I think that remains to be seen. I think it's the 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 latter or the former. I always get them confused, the former versus the latter. I have a feeling the New York numbers are a good thing for us to watch only because, you know, people are saying, well, that's just New York. It's going to spread out to the other 
states because they're behind. The thing is this, New York was behind. New York got punched in the, it was basically the perfect storm. New York got punched in the mouth with this, right? So New York is by far the most densely populated major city. They were one of the first to be experiencing this, all the flights in from China. They were getting decimated without even knowing it. You know what I mean? Nobody even knew that they had it in New York. So by the time anybody could even react to this and even understand if this was like a big deal or not, there were thousands and thousands and thousands of people infected and infecting other people. So New York really had no lead time on this. I think once that started happening and we started seeing the New York stuff develop, then you realize, okay, the other country, the other states in the country did look at it and were like, okay, we better step, take a step back. And I think that enabled us to get some lead time on it. So I don't think it's necessarily a scenario where, okay, New York happened. Now all the other states are going to have their peak. I think you'll see a little bit of that, especially in the more densely populated cities. But as a whole, I do think you could look at New York and yes, breathe a very, very, very cautious sigh of relief. And this is just my opinion. I am totally speaking from, you know, my heart here. So please don't act like this is any factual information. And I'm guaranteeing that we're out of the woods here. But I do. And I don't think we're out of the woods. I just think it's a positive thing that is happening. Um, And then I'll say another doom and gloom thing. And and that's scary that we are. Most people have a couple of dollars to maybe live a couple of weeks off of. Not everybody. Some people immediately felt the effects of this and were screwed right away. But most of us have a couple of dollars to, you know, I guess ride it out a little bit, especially if we're going to make the changes to our lifestyle that are necessary to be able to go through this. You know what I mean? If we all hunker down and buckle up a little bit, we can kind of get through a few weeks of this. And I think it looks like maybe that's going to be a win. But that is not to say, I don't think we've actually touched in on what these long-term economic effects are going to be. A, anytime the government just decides to give everybody a $1,200 check and hand out over a trillion dollars, that can't be good for the economy. That cannot be good for the overall economy. You know what I mean? It's a Band-Aid, but it can't be good for the overall economy. Secondly, if this goes on for more than another couple of weeks or a month or so, you're going to see these businesses that just simply can't open up. And everybody's talking about the restaurant industry. There are a lot of a lot of other industries. I mean, think about how many, I mean, thousands of businesses that will never see the light of day based on this again. And what is that going to mean? Average 10 to 15 employees per business. I don't know. Some of them have two or three. Some of them have a hundred or two. But, uh, you know, what is that going to have as an effect overall? Now, that is what you have to think about. That is way beyond uh, my league as far as breaking it down economically. I can't tell you what the effects are. I think the effects are going to be way, way worse than we see right now. And they're going to be affecting us in areas and ways that we don't even know or foresee. But let me land the plane here and say that I know and I don't know. I think we are going to get through it just fine. I look back. You know, 9/11 wasn't as much of the um, wasn't as much of the comparable thing uh, nationally. Yes, I guess that would be the thing that's most comparable. But I think you know, someone said it. A comedian that I laugh at said it, and it's not that you know, make light of it or whatever. But you know, 9/11, we still had you know after that happened, everybody was scared, everybody was on edge. But people stayed open. You know what I mean? People were open in a couple of days after. You know what I mean? The way he put it, it was like there were there was community. There was bars, there was restaurants, there were wings, there was draft beer, and there were evildoers. 
that we could all get together and get united on. This had the opposite effect. This is something that told us, do not. I don't care how much you love them. I don't care how much you miss grandma. Stay away. Stay away from each other. And as a as a community, as a nation, I think as a species, we're just not wired that way. You know, there's few things in life that I think a lot of us need. A lot of it is, you know, just you're talking about raw, like food, shelter, clothing. I think uh, company and, 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 and community is right up there. Maybe the next tier down from that stuff, but it's right up there with it, close to it at least. And they were telling us that that's taken away from us. And yeah, I think the, the, the country did a lot as far as uh, stepping up and cooperating with what we were being asked to do. But the truth is from an emotional standpoint, you know, the community thing, and as well as from an economic standpoint, this was not going to last. This couldn't last. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. And other people say, they argue, well, how many will, it's not worth it to have people die. I agree that at this point, we are not at that point that we should allow people to die and be like, you know what? Open the country at all costs because this is bullshit. I don't agree with that being said, but I do say this. There will be a time when that comes. There will be a time. And I don't know if it's a week from now. I don't know if we're too late on it already. I don't know if we can go another month or two like this, but there will be a time when we want to say if in order for our nation to go forward, we are win or lose or draw. We're going to have to go forward and reopen the country. And uh, yeah, so I do think, you know, so I was going to get back to the comparison. The biggest thing that I compare it to, and it's more local on a local scale is Hurricane Sandy. I've never, you know, that was this. That's the that's the biggest thing that I can compare this to when I went home. And Hurricane Sandy decimated the entire eastern seaboard in the north. And the storm surge was just to the point where everybody I know, there was no real initially, it didn't look like there was a helping hand. You know what I mean? I'd go back to visit my dad in Long Island and, uh, you know, you'd walk out of the front door and you'd see the neighbors waxing their freaking, you know, cars or, you know, it's not a rich area. It's it's a middle class area. And uh, people were playing with their toys and waxing their cars and, you know, listening to the radio and, 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 and doing some yard work and ever the well-manicured grass. Fast forward after Sandy, I'm looking at these same people huddled together on front lawns and fire pits trying to stay warm. And I knew that if that was happening on my block, it's happening on the block next door. It's happening in the town next door. It's happening in the county. It's happening. If it's happening on Long Island, South Shore, it's happening in Jersey. If it's happening in Jersey, it's happening in, you know, Queens or Connecticut or wherever else, you know, it's these are Baltimore, it's happening everywhere. And I was thinking, how in the world can this be fixed? How is there enough money on the planet for all these houses? Because you got to be rebuild the houses. You know what I mean? You can't have the mold. That was the big thing. If the, um, you know, if the, if you got water in your house, which... A huge percentage of the people did. If you had water in your house, you had to redo your 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 house. Basically, you had to. What was the process? You had to demo, I guess, from like maybe a foot and a half down in the corners and the molding uh, towards the floor. Redo your floors and about a foot and a half up the wall. Everybody had to do that. Some people were. It was worse than that. And we bounced back, and everything bounced back insurance was in the mix yes there was some scams people ran game on the insurance companies that happened there was and you'll see people run scams on this too you'll see people profit off this too which is awful but 
despite all that, despite the level of the disaster that it is, you are going to see people bounce back. And I have that in my, I have that feeling that yes, this will within a certain amount of time become a story that everybody just remembers. And yeah, you know, yeah, we're way off the boat from cruising here. And I do apologize to anybody who's new because we we do go off sometimes, but this is, you know, again, think about the times we're in. We're in a time where there is not a lot of cruises out there. So if we're going to do it, let's just do it now. Um, you are seeing, and I'm only hoping a lot of it sticks. It's amazing. I have never, ever. Now, I'm not going to act like I was Joe Walker. Sounds like a person's name, right? But I mean Joe Walker, like a guy who walks around the town. I've never been that guy, but I could tell you I've done it. I've walked to work. I've uh, There's no eye contact. There's no people. Excuse me. If you have to, if you're in each other's way, that's the only time there's eye contact. What you see now is people going out of their way to say hi to each other. People going out of their way to be courteous. People appreciating certain things, you know. And I've heard a lot about people talking about this possibly being a warning. You know what I mean? What if this has, you know, this this was very very contagious. But thankfully, and this listen, this and I'll say this too. Doom and gloom. Doom and gloom alert. Another comedian podcast. He said, you know, everybody running around saying, we are going to get through this. We are going to get through this. We are going to get through this. There will be, this will pass. This will pass. We are going to get through this. Yeah, that's true. Except for the people that don't. And if you look at the numbers, there's a lot of people that did not get through this. And I think we've gotten to the point where we are just looking at the numbers and looking at the daily, oh, you know what, only 1,500 today. And it's eventually going to be only 50 people die today. And then eventually it's going to be only, you know, eight people die today from that. And we're going to be celebrating because eight people freaking died. And that's still not good. You know what I mean? So all those people that just didn't, that didn't make it out, uh, that don't make it out, knock on wood, any of us, you know what I mean? Like, um, let's not forget like what, how bad this really, really was. Let's not forget and let's not have any of those people who who did, you know, not make it make it like lose their lives in vain. This is very, very parallel to a war, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Think about if we were at war when we had our little wars. You know, we didn't deal with the wars that the previous generations dealt with that the previous generations had to kind of come to grips with. My dad would tell me, you know what I mean? The first couple of days of the Vietnam War, you'd get the reports and it would be like, Oh my gosh, how awful it is. And yeah, which is human nature. Within a few days after that, you just became accustomed to those numbers. Oh, how many today? Oh gosh. That's what this was like. Could you imagine if Afghanistan or if Iraq or any of these wars that we were in, we were losing 2,000 people at a, a day for any stretch? No, no, no good. No good. So I would say like, imagine this thing had the the i guess the contagion level that it did had that it did have compare that to it having the possibility of being as deadly as ebola and you know what that thing is probably out there somewhere and i hesitate so much to call this a blessing because of the amount of life that was lost in regards to this but if you can shape it that way at all, it's because maybe it did prepare us if something is going to happen. A, I think there's a lot of people that have a new look on society. I feel like I certainly do. Am I going to be Joe Jerkoff? 
as opposed to that's a different person as opposed to Joe Walker. Now it's Joe Jerkoff, uh, who goes back to normal and forgets this ever happened. And now I'm ignoring people. I guess it's possible, but I truly do feel like I have a little bit of a different perspective. You know what I mean? I think we all did. I think we were all shook to our core. I think this generation definitely is a little bit of, um, you want to call it, uh, pussified, maybe a little bit. Maybe if we're being honest, I'm not talking about just millennials. I'm talking about the whole thing. I'm talking about Gen X. I'm talking about Y2K, whatever you call yourselves. I'm talking about millennials, all of us. We haven't had to deal with, you know what I mean? When I was dating this girl in high school, her father, you know, was a little, 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 he had, he had, um, let's just say he wasn't PTSD, PTSD, but you could tell that there was some effects, you know, on going to the Vietnam war had on him and, you know, he said, and it was it's lost on you when you're a kid, when he says stuff like, you know, you have no idea. You're 17 years old. When I was 17 years old, I was headed overseas. I knew it. I would go back. I'd go to math class knowing in next year, I'm going to be in a jungle fighting an enemy with a gun. We don't have any clue what it's like to go through some stuff like that. So um, that's all I'm talking about. We are... We are hearing a lot of doom and gloom, but uh, as we do start to see what looks like maybe a light at the end of the tunnel, let's do a couple of things. Let's not left, let our foot off the gas pedal because it would be a shame if we worked this hard, got to where we got to all for nothing and then screwed it all up in the last in the 11th hour. And then we're starting from scratch again. And also B, let's not treat this. Let, let's not forget the people that, you know, did not make it through this and let's remember them and honor them and not and do them the service of um you know possibly learning something from this i mean this is an election year right that's the rough part even unless you say it a month or two this is all behind us call me the pessimist in me uh you know you're gonna see uh the presidential campaign and there is no more divisive time in this country than when it's an election year and there's a presidential campaign going on and uh that's a shame because i feel like right now there is a little bit of unity yeah there's still infighting people are still battling each other but i do feel like we all look at each other and we all have a little bit of renewed sense in humanity that could be a pie in the sky feeling that i'm having but i think it's true and I am just uh, pessimistic in the in the point where it's probably all going to be rewound, and you know we're going to be fighting at the dinner table again with our family members and fighting with our peers. Because how do you escape scrapping with your family members and friends that don't agree with you in the you know in this new climate, how things are now? All right, let's get into some cruise talk. So according to Business Insider, businessinsider.com, cruise ship bookings are increasing for 2021. Uh, Despite all this mess, the bookings for 2021 have gone up close to 10%. Now, there's another piece of information here that you have to consider. The bookings for 2021 have gone up, and a lot of that you'd have to agree is probably because they're replacing cruises that they would have taken in 2020. So I don't think that's uh, brain surgery to try to figure that out. Because another poll, uh, I think it was Cruise Critic, asked uh, customers in general, uh, do they plan on booking cruises at the same rate that they had done before the pandemic? Now, 25 
75% say they will cruise, but less less often. But 75% of those people said they absolutely, without hesitation, would cruise at the same rate. Now, ask yourself, is that, um, you know, think about the number. They say they got 4,600 people to participate in that poll. Now, I'm with you on that. But at the same time, those 4,600 people know what cruise critic is. I could tell you that 75% of the people that I know don't even know what Cruise Critic is. So if you know what Cruise Critic is and they have your information, chances are you consume their content. And that probably means that you are a hardcore cruiser. So I think that number would be probably uh, a little skewed if you were going to go by that. Uh, Another poll, 76% of people who had a, this is a good one, 76% of people who had canceled a cruise in 2020 opted for rebooking basically rebooking their cruise while only 24% opted for a refund. Now, that's a very, very encouraging number to me. Now, trying to use critical thinking, common sense, and examine the details of that, you have to also consider, I would say, that the cruise line is helping that by typically, mostly across the board, offering an extra 25% of the price of your cruise to be given to you in the form of an onboard credit. So what would you do? You know, you if you know you're going to cruise again, that does speak to the fact that those people do know they're going to cruise again because if they were completely swayed from cruising, they would just cut their loss. There is no loss, actually. No losses. You get your full refund. But if you were going to get a future cruise credit and if you're planning on going on another cruise, you were going to get 25%. So they're jumping on board with that. And that's 76 people that would do that versus the 24% that don't. So regarding this whole thing, uh, some of the numbers, uh, let's talk about some of the cruise ships that, you know, as we're still going through this, the cruise ships that were most affected. You had the Diamond Princess, and that was kind of like the uh, main story. Diamond Princess, if you look up world world worldometer, worldometer.com, and you look at the coronavirus stuff, they list all countries that have it. And then they list the Diamond Princess as one of the countries because it's just a cruise ship that just had so much, uh, so much, so many infected people on it. And it was 712 people that tested positive. Now, you have to remember this too. This is confirmed cases. I would probably guess that there were at least 712. And with all these numbers that I'm about to give you, uh, realize that these are confirmed cases. The Ruby Princess came in second with 612. The Oasis of the Seas came in with 157. So that's a huge drop-off. So it seems like the Ruby Princess and the Diamond Princess got caught off guard. Nobody even knew. It's one of those like New York City-style things where they just got punched in the mouth and this thing was allowed to spread and they had no warning. Unfortunately, they were on the front line. Then the big, huge, you know, maybe a close to 500 person drop off still significant though oasis of the seas 157 people the grand princess with 78 princess really had a hard time with this it looks like really uh celebrity eclipse had 76 people the ms asara asara i'm not sure what that is uh the 45 people the disney wonder had 38 the Costa Luminosa had 36, the Symphony of the Seas had 31, and the Voyager of the Seas had 23. It's crazy because this had, this had a clearly crushing blow on most of the industry, but it's kind of amazing how Norwegian Cruise Line seems to have come out of it relatively unscathed. 
I mean, just talking as far as direct cases on their fleet of ships. There was one or two here and there that, that were recorded. But as a whole, as far as the reports coming back, Norwegian comes out looking pretty good. One would wonder if they could possibly capitalize off of that. Could they, you know, whether it's just coincidence or whether it's uh, because of their, you know, the way they handled it or their cleanliness processes and the, uh, you know, the, 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 the policies that they have. Could it be? You know what I mean? Could that be something that they could build on? Probably not, and only for one reason. Uh, They had a little scandal, and I don't know if you guys remember that. Norwegian could probably step away from this saying, yes, thankfully, and they could say, you know, they could craft one of those corporate letters that say, uh, our sympathies and hearts go out to everybody suffering from this, and we stand by by side, side by side with all our brothers and sisters in the cruise industry and hope for this to come back. I know everybody's taking it to... But we would like to remind everybody that our cases are limited to X, Y, and Z. We really were not affected of this. I want to thank the hardworking people of them, hinting that it's because of them and their procedures that they didn't get that hard, hit that hard without saying it. And that could possibly get them some residual, I guess, maybe confidence in the industry, except for the fact that they had this scandal where their uh, middle management decided to you know really encourage their sales staff to work the phones and some of the things that you heard from anonymous or maybe not so anonymous emails at this point uh it's telling basically whistleblowing from inside their sales office of employees saying that management told them to say things like this is not a big thing at all there are so many more deadly things to worry about than coronavirus in the sales pitch uh they were saying say this because this can help you close guests that are on the fence you heard them say things like scientists and medical see don't that's the big mistake don't ever say that unless you're absolutely sure but they were having their their employees say scientists and medical professionals have confirmed that the warm weather of the spring will be the end of the coronavirus you know what i mean hindsight's 2020 but this is a little reckless here would you agree and then uh I remember uh, hearing somebody say that, listen, you know, scientific evidence, blah, 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 blah. Listen, the only thing you're going to have to worry about while you're on this vacation is making sure that you have enough sunscreen. Hey, let's send you on a cruise. (laughs) I mean, not good. Not good at all. So Norwegian may have had an opportunity to step ahead of the game with this whole thing, but this is going to put them right back down uh, in the uh, in the dumps, as far as I'm concerned. And I don't know. I don't know how these cruise lines come back from this. I listened to Doug. Again, I plugged them re- relentlessly because it's just the right thing to do. Not because I'm just trying to do them a favor. It's because when you are looking for real cruise information and you're trying to get the real deal, that's where you should go. Cruiseradio.com, cruiseradio.net. Either one works. Doug is out there, and we are lucky to have a person out there who is relentlessly searching for the facts. Me, I'm the I'm easy. You know what I mean? I listen to all the facts and then give my uh, you know, half-witted reaction on all of them. He's out there giving you actual facts. If you hear it on Cruise Radio, you can write it down. It's true. And uh him and, and not not far behind him is the guy he had on his show, Stuart Sheeran, and uh they were discussing the reality, the the ins and the outs and you know the BS and what's going on. Listen to Cruise Radio, the episode. It's a Cruise Radio rewind episode. I believe it was last Sunday, and uh they went into all the stuff that was uh, you know, the the stuff that you hear that you probably should filter out, but 
you know, it's it's crazy. It's crazy what you listen. I went into. I almost worked for Norwegian. I got hired by Norwegian. I was offered a position with Norwegian Cruise Line. I spent a day, two days actually, going to the offices and uh, interviewed with the gentleman, the sales force. And listen, I don't know. I can't sit here and tell you. Yeah, I got there. I I looked around, and I could tell you for a fact that I know that that's what they would have done. But what I can say is that they're serious about selling cruises. <laughs> They don't mess around. And the guy told me, it's like, we're like a machine here. You're going to hate the first year because you're going to be building your pipeline. And you know what? You're going to be on the phones. And X amount of calls means X amount of contacts, means X amount of referrals, which means X amount of closes per day. And uh, we don't play around. I don't care about your problems. I don't hear about you, care about your issues. No offense. And they were, they were professional like any other sales office was. But it was very, very clear that, you know what? You will make money here. You will make six figures here, but we don't want to hear your bullshit. We don't want to hear your excuses. You know what I mean? Use this. You know, I got problems too. The guy's telling me I got problems too. I went through this. I went through that. I realize I come here. Nobody wants to hear that. And I don't want to give it to anybody because I want this to be my release. We come here and we sell cruises. They were hardcore. So I'm not saying that this is, that's evidence of them being consistent with this type of behavior, but based on what I saw in their interview with their powers that be, yeah, they're, they're about selling cruises. And uh, you're not going to get the, oh my gosh, I'm shocked that they would do this look from me, especially based on my two-day visit to their, uh, you know, to their sales office. Um, Carnival did come out and uh, they put a little mini webpage out talking about what, uh, what, what they're going to do as far as making sure things are clean. I'll kind of breeze through some of those right now, some of the steps and procedures. Ship cleaning standards are going to be more frequent sanitizing tables and chairs, uh, more frequent open deck sanitizations of loungers, furniture, things like that, sports equipment, handrails. Uh, They're going to do additional sanitizing of of frequently hand-touched surfaces in all public areas. See, this is the thing, though, guys. I can tell you right now, this is what people want. People want lists. In my business too, they want lists. They want to see what you're doing, and you know what? It's basically stuff that you should be doing anyway. But they're gonna just put it in a list, and uh, you know, none of it's groundbreaking. None of it's like anything that's like, oh wow, yeah, you know what? That's gonna really nail it. They're basically saying things that they've been doing the whole time or should have been doing the whole time, and now they're gonna be doing it more frequently. Wherever possible, staff is serving guests at food stations like the buffet. You're definitely, that's the first thing. That's a no-brainer. You're definitely not going to be able to serve yourself at the buffet anymore. They're definitely going to do that. Um, Stateroom services and fixtures are thoroughly cleaned up twice a day. I'm definitely going to do that. I was never the person to come into the stateroom uh, with the with the Lysol and with the wipes and things like that. I'm going to I'm gonna do that for at least the first cruise or two back. Uh, hand washing sinks and or sanitizing applications are available at entrances to well that was always the case additional hand sanitizers are going to put more hand sanitizers the temperature in our washers and dryers has been increased that's interesting okay so everything where they're going to wash something they're going to increase the temperature so as to decimate any potential virus or viral activity at night a deep cleaning and disinfection process uh, conducted utilizing electrostatic applications through specialized big words lots of big words lots of cleaning going on additional Tips for healthy cruising according to the CDC guidelines. Wash your hands thoroughly with soap and water. So they're telling this is for us to do. Wash your hands thoroughly with soap and water frequently, especially after using the restroom, before eating, and after blowing your nose, coughing, or sneezing. 
Utilizing the sanitizing station throughout the ship. Also, wash your hands after touching things frequently handled by others, like casino chips. Oh, yeah, casino chips, right? And handrails. Keep your hands away from your face. Cough or sneeze into your elbow. Avoid shaking hands. So, yeah, that's the one thing people are saying. This might be society-wide. I think I don't think so. I think people are going to shake hands. But yeah, people are talking about the possible long-term effects and that being one of them. As a society, will we be hugging and shaking hands as much? Now, this just came in, and I haven't looked at this yet, but I saw it in one of the uh, feeds. And it is uh, the White House Task Force quietly softened cruise ship no-sale restrictions after months of industry difference. So this just came out today, and I'll read this article here quick. After the nation's top disease response agency posted orders keeping cruise ships docked last Wednesday night, extending the ban through August, which technically is not accurate, uh, the White House Coronavirus Task Force stepped in to cut it by 20 days. When the no-sale order reappeared on the Center for Disease Control and Prevention's website hours later, its language had been softened. Ships can sail again in July, and an explicit warning that they could be docked even longer had been deleted, according to emails and international documents attained by USA Today. Um, I'm just trying to clarify that ships can sail again in July and an explicit warning that they could be docked even longer had been deleted. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, We have a quote. Sorry to do this, but the officer of the vice president has instructed us to pull the no sale order extension from the website immediately. A CDC senior official. So this is directly from Pence. Uh, wrote to the staff after 7 a.m. just Thursday morning after the notice had been posted. The 11th hour interference is another example of the administration's all-time chaotic... Okay, so we're going into... Listen, we're going into opinions here. All-time chaotic coronavirus pandemic response and a misguided decision to allow the cruise lines to police themselves during a national health crisis, critics said. Okay. Um, all right, so we're basically uh, getting into opinion here, which I don't want to get into like real opinions here. So basically the point is, is that they decreased the number of 100 to 80 days. I guess they took it down by 20 days. And they're basically saying the cruise lines are going to have to police themselves. And I could tell you from information that I got that uh, there is a lot of negotiating behind the scenes going on. And trust me, the cruise lines are being dealt with with an iron fist. You know what I mean? Nobody wants to be the person that lets the cruise lines open back up and and, and and put everybody at risk again. You're hearing all sorts of things. The things you're hearing of the temperature screenings, people being scanned as far as what their temperature is going to be. And if they're over a certain level uh, of degrees, they're going to have to be uh, they're going to be subject to further medical examination before they cruise. And then this is a crazy one that I've heard is that if you're over 70 you are going to have to get cleared from a doctor to be able to cruise. This is crazy. I don't, that's going to hurt the industry a lot because there are people that are over 70 that are rolling the dice every time they go on cruise ships. And I think people will tell you that there are more deaths at sea than most people will know about ever. There is a morgue on board and they don't always tell you. You don't always hear about the deaths that happen by people who are at sea. And the reason for the a lot of the deaths that are at sea is because there are a lot of elderly people that go on cruise ships, probably not well, but they've kind of resigned to the fact that, you know what, on one of these things, I'm going to, I'm going to die on one of these things eventually. 
and I love cruising and I got the disposable income. So I'm going to do that and knowingly going to do that. And you're going to lose that whole demographic. So it's just going to be cruising of people that are all in, you know, tip top physical condition. If you're over 70, I don't know what that word fit to cruise means. I don't see that one lasting very long. I think whether that even goes away completely or if it stays in those constringents that they put on the, the, the medical do what is fit to sale. If they want to keep the industry where they want it to be, they're going to have to let older, sick people sail. Ideally, not contagious people, but they're going to have to let older people who are sick and not in the best physical condition, but have a ton of money. (laughs) They're going to have to let them sail. Ladies and gentlemen, your emails have become a lifeblood of the show. We appreciate them so much. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com if you want to be a part of the show. I will read your email and we will discuss any questions, comments, concerns, corrections you have regarding cruising. And yes, they have slowed down a little. I have uh, done a little campaigning lately, so hopefully we can get some more emails coming in. But I get it. I get it. There's really so much focus is on other other things besides cruising. I don't mind if it's some off-topic stuff. It's some co- if it's some COVID nineteen stuff. If you want to talk about anything that you have on your mind, I don't mind veering off in these kind of strange times. Let's call them. Let's be nice and call them strange times as of now. All right, here we go. Yo, my name is RJ. I'm a longtime listener of the show, and it's my first time writing in. My wife and I love cruising, and we love following all of the different cruise content online, from podcasts to YouTube shows. I must say, though, out of all, yours might be my favorite. I seem to mesh more with your personality and what you like to do on a cruise as far as drink a lot and have a good time. Haha. <laughs> uh, I also, I just wanted you to know that I appreciate everything you're doing. The only question I have is... Uh, if you have any group cruises coming up, I think my wife and I have uh, would have fun hanging with you guys. We're a little younger, 25 and 26, but we both are already platinum on Carnival. Thanks for taking the time to read. RJ, absolutely. First of all, we do have a group cruise on the November 7th. I am still optimistic that that group cruise is going to go off without a hitch. We have 20 or so plus people scheduled to join us on that one. And I do agree with you. Uh, 25 and 26 years old. Yes. I mean, I my I am in my 40s, but my mentality definitely is more of uh, probably younger than 25 or 26. And you would definitely get along with us. I can tell you right now, we have uh, groups uh, ranging in mid-20s to late-60s even 70s on our cruise so on our cruises so we would definitely absolutely love to have you you would 100% fit in there is no age is you know obviously there's no age that wouldn't fit in with our group i'm fully fully convinced and uh yeah i do appreciate your kind words saying that uh i'm one of your favorites and yeah i guess i i you know, I do understand that. There is a lot of content out there regarding cruising, and some of it is uh, I feel like everybody has chosen their angle and their little niche within the group, you know, within the within the subject of cruising, and I'm glad to hear that you are enjoying the content that we put out here at Always Be Booked. RJ, hit me back. Let me know if you have any interest in the November 7th cruise. We would love to have you. Uh, we're looking for the next one, maybe early spring mid-spring of next year there's still some arguments going back on where that's going to be <clears throat> some of some of our people <clears throat> scott might want to veer off the big three and hit up uh, a celebrity not so sure we're going to go that route but you never know we'll see 
Hey, Tommy, this is Andres from the long carnival dream email from a few weeks ago. In regards to the missed port on our last sailing, after the announcement that we had to return to the port of Galveston and Miss Cozumel, okay, this is the shortened cruise, I remember this, due to a medical emergency, we received a letter in our stateroom. In the letter, we were notified that we were receiving 20% off the next sailing, which is better than I expected. So this is Andres, and he emailed us previously about... Uh, a sailing that was cut short, and we were talking about what Carnival was going to do as compensation for that. He continues, something else happened that your listeners may find interesting. My mother-in-law lost her cell phone on the ship. She didn't find out until a day after debarkation. I immediately reported the lost cell phone on the Carnival website for lost items. About six days later, I got an update that the item was still missing, but was still being searched for. On days 11, 16, and 21, I received the same still lost item email. On day 24, I received the news that it had been found. After paying about $25, we got it shipped from Miami even though we sailed from Galveston. You also asked why I I preferred Royal Caribbean over Carnival. Well, here's a few reasons for that. I must note that this is based on two cruises in each company. All right, first of all, that's cool that they found your cell phone that they found your your uh, in-law cell phone. Amazing, amazing job done by the cruise lines. And my experience has been that they've been nothing but completely honest when it's come to finding lost items. So much so, ladies and gentlemen, that this is absolutely something I'm not proud of. There was one night where I absolutely did find 15. I was, for lack of better terms, completely shit-faced on the cruise, gambling back and forth, right, left, up, down, didn't even really know. It's one of those times when you're gambling and you don't even know if you're up or you're down. So I woke up the next day with a lot less money in my pocket than I thought and just chalked it up to me losing more money than I thought. Not good, not ideal, certainly not my most shining moment. However, I got a call in my stateroom from uh, the casino saying, Mr. Casabona, uh, did you lose money? (laughs) And that was a loaded question because I was like, yeah, I didn't do so well. I thought I was hot for a minute, but there, I ended up losing a lot of money last night, meaning losing money gambling. Like, okay, well, you can pick it up in the, uh, you know, at the the casino, at the, uh, the cash out window. I'm like, okay, let's see where this goes. Interesting. And then I went there, and the group of people behind the window are laughing, kind of, like chuckling at me, like smiling. And then he's, Mr. Casabona, you had a crazy night last night, huh? I'm like, yeah. So I'm playing dumb right now. These people are trying to give me money. So in no way, shape, or form am I going to be like, well, what are you talking about? I don't it. I'm just, yeah, 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 give me the envelope, whatever. They hand me the envelope, and they told me that they saw me on camera. They found $500 on the floor of the blackjack table. So they saw it, picked it up. Nobody kept it. They took it and they confiscated it. They went to the videotape and saw that it was me who lost the money by dropping it on the floor. Man, can you, I I gotta, I can't give them enough credit. I asked him who it was. I I think I gave the guy like 25 or 50 bucks or whatever. Maybe I should have given him more. But uh, I asked who found it and they introduced me to who found it. I gave him a $50 chip. I think it was a $50 chip. And uh, the rest is history. But, yeah, they did a great job for me that one time. So, yeah, very, very happy with the uh, level of honesty and integrity that Carnival Cruise Line showed on that regard. All right. So 
Now we're going to get into the reasons that um, Andres prefers Royal Caribbean over Carnival. One minor reason would be the decor. Carnival's just way too corny for my taste. Although that would not deter me from taking a cruise on a Carnival ship, this is just one small part of my preference for Royal Caribbean. Now, uh, Andres, would you still consider that on the newer ships? I do understand that 85% of Carnival's fleet is that crazy, wacky, Vegas-style decor, which honestly, after reading Joe Farkas' book, listening to listening to him in interviews, and uh, understanding, I prefer it. I prefer the old-school Joe Farkas stuff. Now when you know somebody's vision for it and what, what he was trying to do, I prefer it. So I prefer that over much more you know monotoned or muted decor. I liked the Farkas uh, era. Um, on entertainment, they are both on par. Well, I disagree with that, although with different styles. Carnival has the fun, charismatic cruise director that engages with the guests, has a way more uh, explicit quest show, and the nightclub is always lit, as the kids say. Uh, I edited in that part, as the kids say. Royal Caribbean has the technology and the special skills shows like the ice show. They also have very produced shows like Broadway shows. Yeah, I agree with that. I gotta get. I'll take that back and do agree with that. Um, you know, entertainment-wise, I find myself way more entertained on a carnival ship overall than a Royal Caribbean ship. But that's just my opinion. Your point is taken on that. So you're saying the two different styles of entertainment cancel each other's out. I would stop short of that but i do understand what you're saying and respect what you're saying in the music department we prefer royal caribbean we are originally from mexico and royal caribbean has the best latin music bands for our taste we have had long conversations with royal caribbean latin band members and they usually play what we request carnival has been hit or miss with their latin bands none were memorable i agree with that um the latin club on uh the latin venue on royal caribbean is definitely usually on fire, and it's pretty consistent fleet-wide. Uh, they do do a great job with that and make sure that they have very, very good Latin musicians in those ships. Now, I'll go back to what I just said regarding the, the decor. When you talk about Carnival Cruise Lines and the newer ships, older ships, yes, I agree with you. It's mostly the generic kind of Filipino-style Filipino style, uh, bands, not Filipino-style Filipino bands, and call me whatever you want, the Filipino people seem to be so good at music that they can play every genre across the board. They're really, really good, and that's their strength. They play every genre and not necessarily a huge point of focus on Latin music. Uh, however, I've noticed that Royal Caribbean does, but besides that point, the newer ships... Carnival had to get their game up when it comes to having a Havana Lounge. In that Havana Lounge, that is the livest, most lit Latin party I've ever seen anywhere in the Havana Lounge. If you haven't been on a Vista-class ship and you haven't been to the Havana Lounge, even though I know you are originally from Mexico, and that is not, I don't know if you're saying, you know, Latin music in general, because it's mostly more on the island side, and I know Mexico uh, tends to... I guess their their musical roots are a little bit more entrenched in, uh, I don't want to say mariachi per se, but more the mariachi style. But uh, this is more island Caribbean Latin, and uh, they crush it in the uh, Havana Lounge. So I would definitely say if you haven't been on one of the newer carnival ships and that's something you're looking for, you might be pretty impressed. Now, Norwegian too, still, they do great all around. They do the... Uh, 
pop top 40 Filipino band. And I say Filipino because it's not like a rule. You got to be Filipino. I'm just saying what I see. That's usually what it is. You know, what do you want me to tell you? That's what it is. That's uh, appropriation. I'm going to get yelled at by somebody for saying that, but that's what I see. And then uh, they also do great with the reggae band. There's also a reggae band and there's a Latin band on Norwegian. So I would wonder if you felt like Norwegian's Latin music stepped up to the plate. Like I seem to think it did. You would know better than me, but it does seem to see that. It does seem to me that Norwegian does it as well. But I agree on the regular carnival ships, Fantasy through uh, Dream Class. Yeah, Latin music is not ignored, but it's not definitely the best focal point from a carnival ship. But check out those new carnival ships. You think I think you might uh, you might be deterred or. Uh, Deterred was the wrong word. Let's move on. Uh, when it comes to food, they both have their strengths. The food in the dining room is good and consistent on Carnival. Royal, we have had our best, best dinners, but also the worst. See, I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. Although none were too bad. When it comes to the buffet, Royal is the best options, taste, and more importantly, service. I definitely agree on that last one, service. There are, server, there's, there, there are servers always asking if you need a drink or a refill. The layout, the two entrances was better on Carnival, but we felt the food options were few. Well, you did food overall. I will agree with you on the Windjammer when it comes to options and maybe even taste, possibly. I think that's hit or miss too. Um, and I definitely agree with you in terms of service. There's no service in any buffet like there is with Royal Caribbean and the Windjammer, I agree with you, especially with those pre-made drinks already right there ready for you. Space, room, I like it. You know what I mean? The The fact that you have the aft portion of that shit, well, the aft portion of the dining room, I should say, I like that too. That creates for a lot more window space in the Windjammer, whereas the carnival it just runs right through front to back so you have to you don't have that as much you don't have the back of portion of the the Lido buffet or whatever you want to call it on carnival you don't get that wrap around full view of the horizon like you do uh, but here's what i will say if we're talking overall food i agree with you in the main dining room too but carnival has way more options as far as i'm not saying dining but good food Pizza on Carnival blows away Royal Caribbean. Guy's Burger, you have. You have the Deli on Carnival. You have Tandoor, the Indian spot. You have the Amazing Walk on Carnival. You have uh, the, 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 the Blue Iguana Cantina. The Fresh Tacos, you know, they're already putting Big Shack's Chicken on a lot of the newer ships. And they're doing the street-style food. So, for me, it's not comparable if you're going to go overall food... Because of the fact that Carnival just does some, whether they're brand, the, the guys barbecue, just brand name food options that are absolutely free. So that's why from an overall standpoint, even though you may have a better main dining room meal on a Royal Caribbean ship on a given night, from an overall standpoint, Carnival just clobbers you in so many other ways. And I will say that the steakhouses on Carnival blows away chops. That's the truth. Okay. I don't necessarily know about comparing the Italian spots. Uh, I do agree that the food can be better in the Windjammer. I do agree while Carnival may be more consistent, Royal Caribbean has the potential to put better entrees out there in the main dining room. I do agree with a lot of the stuff, but food in general, because of the steakhouse, because of the consistency in the regular dining room, in the main dining room, and because of all the name brand free options, I think Carnival takes food. 
Just my opinion. We're going back and forth here. This is all in good spirits. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm giving you my opinion. Um, the main reason we prefer Royal Caribbean is the always attentive service and the sense of permissiveness. When I'm on Carnival, I feel like they're always watching you, expecting you to make a mistake. Ooh, I do not feel that way. On our last cruise, the staff was always getting after us for wanting to take our water glasses with us after dinner at the main dining. Another time, we wanted to take our dessert with us to get out earlier and make it to a show. The dining room staff was hesitant to let us. Well, see that? I think that's a little bit more of a you thing. Okay. Uh, I'll get back to that in a second. And then made us put a lid on them so we could take them. The security staff is so much more visible on Carnival. I felt a bit of unease, something that was never felt on any Royal Caribbean ship. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. If you're saying that's your experience, that's your experience as far as the security's visibility. I get that. I mean, I, I could tell you I don't like the pool bouncers on Royal Caribbean, how they stand over you while you're trying to take a relaxing swim. Um, I could also say that you just got to go where you want to go. Nobody's going to tell you you can't take anything. They were hesitant to let you. Might be because you asked for permission. You pick up what you want to pick up and you walk out. That's one of the best things about cruising is, you know what, they may say it. You know, you deal, that might be on an individual basis too. You may be dealing with certain people who say, you know, clearly they'd rather you stay in the dining room. But I would have no problem picking up my entree, walking out of, maybe I'm wrong here, okay? Maybe I shouldn't say this. But I would say, and I'll pose this to you guys, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. If I'm halfway through my regular entree on a carnival cruise and I want to, for whatever reason, want to stand up, pick it up, and leave the dining room with it, you're going to tell me somebody's going to tell me stop me? Or even if they ask me if everything's all right or if they suggest that you're supposed to eat it inside, if I continue to just walk and say, no, thank you, I'll eat my meal wherever I'd like, you're going to tell me they're not going to let you? They're going to stop you, your dessert, your drinks, whatever it is. They may suggest or even in some cases want you to stay inside with your stuff. But you're telling me that if you said, no, I'll be, I'll be leaving the room now. Thank you. They're going to, they're going to tackle you or what's going to happen. I want to know the repercussions, uh, but let me know. Um, we obviously enjoyed both companies being at sea. And I still have not said definitively, officially, that I like Carnival better than Royal Caribbean. Right now, if you ask me that, I'm going to say yeah, because I've been on so many Royal Caribbeans, I'm kind of itching for a Carnival cruise. But, um, you know, I'm not saying I disagree or agree overall standpoint who's better. Uh, we obviously enjoyed both companies and being at sea. We will give Carnival another chance since we have the 20% off next cruise. But after that, we will only sail on Carnival if the price is low enough. Hmm, maybe next week. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? You're feeling that right now? You never know if you get the right deal at the right price and the right ship. I would like to know. No, I appreciate you reading my long emails. Well, I'm reading your long emails. They're not boring because they're a discussion. I can kind of like sink my teeth into it and get the little back and forth going. One more thing. Here is the pronunciation of the Mayan pork dish I always always mention. Make sure you try to say, try it next time you go to the Yucatan Peninsula. It's a breakfast dish, so skip the breakfast on the ship. Conchita, he spelled, he says it, cochinita pibel. Cochinita pibel. Okay, I'm in. Andreas, thank you so much for the email. I really appreciate it because it gives us an opportunity to go a little back and forth and kind of, you know, point-counterpoint type of thing. Well, even though it's just me here sitting here and I'm doing it and you can't respond to my responses, but hey, Tommy, 
And one of the uh, on one of the recent episodes, you talked about bringing back the cruise companions. I know we have a lot of new listeners on the podcast now, so if you want to, you can release the cruise companion that you did for me last year about the MSC Seaside. After you air that, I would love to come on the show and talk about it and give you a full review. Also, this year, this also. This year, cruise, me and my family is on the Carnival Horizon. I'm a little. Also, this year, me and my family are on the Carnival Horizon July 11th to the Southern Caribbean. I hope to meet you in Miami before this cruise. Maybe you can do the event you have been talking about for a while. Meatballs in the Park on July 10th. Boat drinks, Super Cone, AJ. AJ, thank you for so much for being a Super Cone. I'm like in a little bit of an appreciation mode for all the Super Cones right now because you guys are helping me through this mess. I don't have a job. It's a disaster, but we're, we're, we're making it through it. So, AJ, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm definitely down to uh, possibly meet. I mean, Miami is not necessarily down the block for me. It isn't an hour or so away hour and 15 minutes maybe but i would have no problem coming down saying what's up to you in miami if uh the schedules permit if you are going to cruise on july 11th uh we'll see if that's gonna happen or not hopefully knock on wood and uh yeah meatballs in the park <laughs> that would be nice hopefully hopefully aj thank you so much you are the man you always have been you're the best hi tommy in the last couple of days i've been driving out bush here in australia if you can imagine hundreds of miles of natural landscape, some under stations lease, which you guys would call a ranch, others a national park, and some mining like Iron Nod that looks like they are moving a whole section of mountain range. Like Iron Nod that looks like they are moving a whole section of mountain range. Then there's towns along the way, but uh, about 100 miles apart all centered around broad acre cropping. I had the chance to catch up and f- just finished listening to your Morning Muster 001. Yes and yes. Can you do a, do a beginning of the week and end of the week, but still keep one wildly, weekly, wildly, weekly regular ABB show? Yeah, we could do that. And that um, is from Giuseppe. Giuseppe continues. I like the muster because it's music commentary uh, asks or chats to me with, with questions you bring up. I like it. It's a winner, and I have not come across anything like it. Another suggestion. Could you introduce a three-minute up-and-coming comedian slot centered around cruising? The people who cruise, the uh, the people who work in cruising, and so forth. In exchange, push their name and how people can follow them. Cheers, Giuseppe. Uh, Giuseppe is a great emailer to the show. Always comes with these great suggestions. Uh First and foremost, um, your drive. It sounds like driving through America. I've done multiple cross-country trips, and I don't know if it's desert terrain uh, as it is in America, but your drive that you describe sounds a lot like driving uh, through you know, Interstate 10, where a lot of times you hit uh, miles and miles of just nothing, desert, mountains, beautiful landscapes, but then, yeah, you'll come upon these little towns and farms and that are centered around the towns. It's a beautiful drive and a beautiful way to see whatever country you're in. Uh, it just shows you how much of how vast this land is and this earth is and how much area has not been populated despite the fact that we talk about how much overpopulation is going on there's so much still unsettled land in i know this country and from giuseppe's email sounds like australia too 
Uh, yeah, we're going to do as much of those uh, muster mix downs as possible. Some people like it. Some people don't. But we will do it. I know we've been replacing them with the live show on Facebook. I've been DJing a little bit and talking to you guys, making it more interactive every Friday. So maybe we'll do that for Friday and we'll do the musters, uh, the muster mixes on Monday mornings. I have one in the tank that I'm going to release soon. Um, and the three-minute up-and-coming on the comedians, I would love to get cruise ship comedians on this show. I think that would be a great idea. I think, you know what? I will absolutely look for cruise ship comedians. I don't know where to find them all in one spot. I know where to find so I've been doing cruise directors and cruise ship employees recently um, because I know where to find them. I could search them out on Facebook. When I search for comedians, I don't know how I'd filter that down to getting actual cruise ship comedians. You know what I mean? Because I know a lot of, despite the fact that so many comedians shit on doing cruise ships, it makes me laugh because these comedians, they, and I respect them being artists and saying that, you know what, that's for hacks and it's for, you know, but they're all broke. Most of them, you know, except the top 10% of comedians are broke. And these cruise lines pay real money to do this. So what would be the problem with you jumping on a cruise ship, making a couple of thousand dollars, and then going back to your $25 a night spots at, uh, you know, at whatever comedy club is around New York City that's up and coming? You know what I mean? That really, they're just kind of saying they'll give you stage time, and that's just the honor in itself, and the $25 that you get from it is just a benefit from it. And these cruise lines are paying you thousands of dollars. Stop making it a stigma for comedians to do comedy on cruise ships because they're making a good living doing it. You know what I'm saying? I think most of it, most of it has to be, uh, you know, di- disenfranchised cr- comedians who don't get invited on cruise ships. I think that's probably what it is more than anything. But I would love to. If you can, uh, anybody who knows any cruise ship comedians or where I, suggestions where I could find cruise ship comedians, I would definitely put Giuseppe's uh, Giuseppe's email and suggestion into play. Hey, Tommy. As you may know, I recently joined the Patreon. I am loving it. As for places I am interested in cruising to, even though I am definitely a ship person instead of a port person, I would love to check out Alaska. Also, would love to go on a latest and greatest group cruise with all the bells and whistles. Also interested in trying an MSC cruise. I'm with you. That's Christopher. And uh, I am, I wouldn't say I'm a ship or port person. I could, I go either way. Uh, depends upon the ship. I usually kind of label a cruise. I, I cruise this, I pick this cruise because of the port. Uh, ports, I pick this cruise because of the ship. Uh, usually you sacrifice one or the other. Very rarely do you get the best of the best, your exact choice of each thing. Uh, sometimes I do it for the price. Sometimes I do it because there's six people that I love to cruise with that are able to go on this particular cruise. So that would be for the people. Uh, sometimes it's for the uniqueness, but we all do different cruises for different reasons. Uh, I am interested in trying an MSC cruise as well. I don't know if I'm interested in paying for an MSC cruise. So hopefully maybe I will end up on an MSC cruise at some point and get to the bottom of all these uh, contradicting contradicting reports on whether or not it's fun, it's good, it's bad, the food is good, the food is bad, the service is friendly, it's not friendly, the ship is nice or the ship is whatever. Like I, I definitely want to end That's one thing I haven't heard though. That's take that last one back. I haven't heard anybody complain about the hardware on a newish MSC cruise ship, which means the Maravilla, the Sea View, the Seaside, those types of ships. 
Hey, Tommy, it's been about a year since I've written to you, and I have to say I always love seeing when you have a new episode out. I am now working nights at my new job, working airport operations at Dallas Love Field, and have you on in my ops truck really helps the time pass. Uh, Being able to work into a different side of the travel industry that most of the general public never really knew existed makes me really look at travel industries in different ways. With everything that is happening in the world, I see the cruise lines do what they have to do, but people are really not seeing what is truly happening with the airports and airlines to be able to stay open. I am very grateful to have a job and I'm able to keep the airport open and safe for everyone that travels to and through Dallas, Texas. I do have a cruise booked for June on 6th. Well, yeah, that's out. On the Carnival Valor out of New Orleans, this will be my 18th cruise and my girlfriend's first cruise, and I hope to get her hooked on cruising as much as we all are. When we get to go to Cozumel and Costa Maya, this will be the first time I have ever been to Costa Maya, and I wanted to know if you had any recommendations for things to do. I shouldn't have just did what I did. I was like, well, that's out. I kind of dismissed June 6th. Well, June 6th is not definitely out yet. I shouldn't say that. Let me walk that back. Um, I would, I would, I would be... I would reschedule that. You know what I mean? I would basically take the cruise lines 25% upgrade and, and, and give get the onboard credit and give yourself some peace of mind and maybe just maybe 60 days. Just put it back 60 days. So you're definitely going to go on a cruise, and I am with you. I love the same thing, uh, introducing new people to cruising that otherwise wouldn't have discovered it, just like you're going to do with your girlfriend, and you're going to do that. All that stuff is going to happen. But it may not happen on June 6th. That's all I'll, all I'll say. Maybe it will. Who knows? We can keep our fingers crossed. Thank you for rec- uh, Frank. Thank you for everything that you do to keep us entertained. It really helps me a lot because it's hard to see uh, that not many people are traveling anymore. We will get through all of this, and we will have tons of boat drinks. And that is from Alex. Alex, I want to thank you first of all, because you are on the front lines of the travel of travel industry and you are doing so much to make sure that the airport is clean and safe and everybody, you know, we all want to walk around and feel like, you know what, we have no choice. We have no choice in certain regards to put our safety, our whatever you want to call it, in the hands of other people. You know what I mean? We do it every time, every day of the week we do that. When we trust the manufacturer, manufacturer, <laughs> The manufacturer of the car companies to make sure that we're in safe cars. When we're traveling through airports during a time like this, we have people like Alex who are making sure the place is clean, the place is safe. And uh, so many times it goes unnoticed. And Alex, you probably see thousands and thousands of people cross your face every day who just kind of expect it. Well, I think it should be said that you should be thanked. And uh, we appreciate all the work you do, as well as everybody putting themselves on the front lines and in harm's way, potentially, quote-unquote, harm's way in this crisis that we're undergoing right now. Tommy, Joe from Indiana again. I enjoyed your Top 5 Ports podcast. I have a feeling once you get on that Alaskan uh, cruise that Skagway or Ketchikan might slide in there somewhere. I've only done one, but I have to go back. In Skagway, we took the White Pass train to the top of the mountain and then jumped on mountain bikes and rode them all the way back down. Amazing. I also heard you on cruise radio talking about your cruise on the Carnival Pinnacle, Uh, quote unquote, right? What a fun podcast. Here's my other critique. If you're doing a fantasy cruise about St. Thomas for your first stop, Ketchikan for your stop two, Iceland for stop three, Sydney, uh, Australia for four, and so on. I mean, it's a fantasy trip, right? By the way, my favorite stop ever was Virgin Gorda. 
uh, the ships won't stop there, so you have to ferry over from Tortola. The Baths at Virgin Gorda was an amazing excursion. Thanks for the great podcast, and keep it up, Joe. Joe, um, yeah, even if I did have the ability to do all those things, I wouldn't pick. Yeah, ignorance is bliss, so I don't know how beautiful Skagway or Ketchikan or even Australia or uh, Iceland are, but those are not in my radar as places that I have a huge desire to do right now. I am obsessed with the Caribbean. I'm I'm obsessed with when I go on vacation, I want palm trees, blue water, sand, and sun and surf. That's what I want. You know what I mean? That's what I like. And uh, eventually, someone's going to get me to go to Alaska. And when I do go to Alaska, maybe just like the fantasy class, I will be completely turned around. And yes, I totally agree with you about Virgin Gorda. I was there and, uh, you know, it's cool. The cruise lines don't sail there. Out of Tortola, you tender right there though, which is cool. If you go to Tortola, you have to go on a tender boat anyway. So if you're going to go on a tender boat, you might as well go to the Virgin Gorda. It is absolutely probably picturesque wise, the most beautiful place in the Caribbean, as far as I'm concerned. Now, some of you will argue with that. I get it. But you know, it's not just a beach. It's a it's rock formations that you could travel through, and it's breathtaking. The trip there is worth it. I didn't want to go because you had to get up at 7 a.m. The girl I was with dragged me, and I am so thankful that she did. Maybe that's a precursor to Iceland and Alaska and Australia. If I go to any of these places, I may be swearing by them just the same. We will see. Maybe one day. I want to thank you guys so much for listening. You guys are the best. Um, again, to Patreon, if you guys want an extra show um, a day, patreon.com slash booked. It's a huge, huge thank you across the board and a great way to support the show. Now, here's the best way to support the show. If you wouldn't mind taking this episode or any episode that you would recommend. If you know somebody who likes cruising or likes podcasts and has a lot of downtime during this epidemic that we're going through, would you please share the show with them? It would go a long way. Uh, we have the Always Be Both Cruises Ultra Lounge on Facebook. We have the uh, face uh, the uh, Instagram page, Always Be Booked. And again, if you guys have anything to say, drop us a line, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Stay in touch. Keep me posted on how things are going for you. Uh, Think about you guys every day. So happy to have you. So thankful of the little bit of attention you give to this little radio show, podcast, whatever you want to call it that could. You guys are the best. Boat drinks, Cones. There's a place where the boat leaves from. It takes away all of your big problems. You got worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean. But you got to get away to where the boat leaves from. Take one part sand, one part sea. And one part shade of a nine-nine tree And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot And I know this is the place for me Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves Jimmy Perfectly good island somewhere We'll all ride the boats and don't grab your coat You won't need it where we are going Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away 
I love your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in a blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the bully's from Pick me up Pick me up Pick me up Put me down Down in the sand where it's cool Put me down And when I fall on my stool Put me down I'll just leave there till morning comes round Sunshine ten ladies and pina coladas And Bob Marley songs that I'm playing There's a song in my ear that I want you to hear Soft tropical lips that are singing Get away to where the boat leads from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in a blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leads from So get away to where the boat leads from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in a blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the... So get away to where the boat leads from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in a blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leads from Put me down